Fellas, say goodbye to Chuck Sherman the boy. I am now a man. I highly recommend you join the club. We are doing the wild thing all night. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Sherman. Sherman, I could build this food. Is that all you gonna eat? General Sherman realized and understood the importance of house music. So, do you know anything about techno? No. Listen. Yeah, you know. Hey, hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another brand new episode of Sherm in the Booth. I'm, of course, your host, Sherm. Today is Wednesday, April 29th, 2020. This is episode 108108. And this is a very special one, ladies and gentlemen. I am so excited to have this artist on. He's actually an artist that I manage, and he goes by the name of Christos. Now, you haven't heard of him before because he just launched this project, and we are so excited for the world to hear his name. I wanted to have Christos on for a few different reasons, one of which is because he's one of the most talented producers that I've ever met, and his EP shows it. Now, he's not making regular techno here, guys. This is not cut and dry. It truly is incredible, and it has so many emotional aspects to it. He wanted to release an EP because he wanted to tell a story, and it was so much fun to talk to him about his process of making this. He had a lot more tracks that he wanted to put on it, but I'm telling you, the final product really is special. In this interview, guys, we went over his musical influences and inspirations. We talked about his time at Icon Collective, which is a music production school that's based in Los Angeles, but it's not just learning how to produce music. It's also about understanding the business side of it. So that was really cool to hear from the horse's mouth his experience there. Again, we also talked about his emotional aspect of his music. This is not your average run-of-the-mill techno. I genuinely love it. It's so special. I know you guys are going to think the same when you hear it. So without further ado, guys, let's get into it right now so you can hear for yourself. Episode 108 with Christos. First things first, my man. Cheers. Cheers, brother. Hell I got yeah. a mule here for you. You drinking a Moscow mule? Oh, no, just a whiskey mule. Some proper. Oh, oh <laughs> really? Some of that McGregor whiskey. McGregor. Is that like <laughs> made by Jameson or is it like it's its, its own thing? No, I'm pretty sure it's its own thing. Um, it's I'm not really much of a whiskey drinker, but I mean, with some ginger, it, it's pretty good, man. I Are can't you a complain. Conor McGregor guy then? What's up? Are you a Conor McGregor guy? Oh yeah, dude. He's he's raw, man. Like that's the only sport I can really watch now, like pretty seriously, like because I don't even consider it like a sport. It's just two men trying to stop each other, and they <laughs> can only use their bodies. It's like it's insane. I love it. <laughs> it really is. I a uh, little interesting fact about me. I wrestled in middle school, and it oh, was yeah. a, a, a bit of a horrific experience the first year because I hadn't hit puberty, and <laughs> I didn't like. I did it because I had a lot of friends doing it, and I wanted to be active. And I was like, "Fuck it! Like I'll learn to wrestle." I guess. Mm -hmm. uh, first year got my ass waxed by people because I was so weak. Next year came in, hit puberty. I was much stronger. I actually had muscle, <laughs> and. I just like realized that it's like it's a, a true test of a man because people who watch it, you know, like that don't know a lot about it and they see like how tired they, they, they're getting and they're like, why are they so tired? Like they haven't been yeah. doing it long. It's like, dude, this is like every muscle in your body, like every organ is getting. <laughs> dude, at 100%. It's gladiator shit. And Conor McGregor, I mean, that documentary on him, like he's just like, he's. A, a serial killer version of Michael Jordan. 
who hasn't <laughs> caught yet. <laughs> you know? Yes, dude, yes. He, he's he's <laughs> just a, a born winner, and he refuses to have anything else. But I think my favorite part about him is when he does lose, he's very humble about it. And, you know, it's not like there was cheating or anything like that because – it's no one likes a sore, a sore loser or a sore winner. So I think he's, I think he understands that, man. But yeah, I think yeah. he really kind of chilled out with the ego after these past couple of fights. Now it's more like a humble Connor, and I, I, I kind of like that more now than before. Like it was entertaining before when he's all crazy, but you know, there's a time and place for it. I think that time's kind of passed. Yeah, absolutely, man. But dude, I, I'm glad to do it in your studio right now. I'm a big fan oh, yeah. of that up. It looks really nice. Thanks, man. Thank you. Yeah, it's 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 great. It's been a couple of years in the building. Not a whole lot here, but yeah, I mean, it, it's what I use. <laughs> no, you got so you guys. You got, so you have an analog machine behind you there. Yeah, this one up here. It's a Korg Mini Log. It's uh like a two oscillator. Well, kind of like a two and a half with noise, but like a two oscillator polysynth. I use it for like uh like leads, some bass lines. Um, you can kind of make kicks on there. Wouldn't recommend it, but really? kind of hard. But yeah, I mean, there's it, it, it's pretty diverse, I would say. And then the one under it is just a regular MIDI keyboard. And uh, yeah, and that's the outboard gear I have. <laughs> I like that, I like that. But I know where the magic happens, man. But you're you're in the you're in the Chicago suburbs right now. Remind mm-hmm. me and everybody else, where were you originally born, Christian? I was born in LaGrange uh, Hospital, and then I grew. I spent most of my life growing up in LaGrange Highlands. Okay. Uh, went, I went to Lyons Township High School. Nice and, shout out. Uh, yeah, got a rep. Um, and yeah, I kind of found my whole journey into dance music. I think in my sophomore year, because um, I always like heard of like EDM and stuff. I just didn't know like. I had no like navigation around it. I didn't know what I liked, what I didn't like. I was just kind of like hearing it, and what it was catching was my that? ear. Your sophomore year in high school, what year was that? Um, 20... <sighs> 2013, 2014, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because I, I graduated middle school in 2012. So, yeah, just about 2013, 2014. Yeah, so electronic music was really still going through a huge growth phase. Oh, yeah, peak, dude. A peak. It's still yeah. peaking, but... That was a real like sonic boom. Like after Avicii came out with Levels, and then the Dude. Swedish House Mafias of the world start to blow up, and then everybody knows about it. In Chicagoland, that's when uh, I think EDC Chicago was EDC Juliet. Mm-hmm. I think it was. <laughs> it was really. Dude, cool. I found out about that the next year, and I was so upset. <laughs> yeah, legendary. A lot of people I talked to said how insane that was to have in Chicago, but it's probably too good to be true. Yeah. So yeah. What, you, your first exposure to electronic music was in high school, but were you musical before then? What about your parents? Like when would yeah. you? I mean, it was it was like an on and off thing. I remember the first instrument I did play for a couple of years was piano, mm-hmm. and that was like really early youth. That was probably like um, I think like six or seven. I took lessons, and then uh, after that, like my mom bought a bunch of CDs, like just classical like beethoven bach type of stuff and i would fall asleep to that every night wow uh, so that eventually <laughs> like and that was for years i was hearing like just beethoven just of, yeah dude just some hard classical music <laughs> and then uh <laughs> now you produce techno i see the transition <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i mean that that opened me up to like the whole melodic end of of music and then after that um 
like fifth grade, like in middle school and stuff, there was like band and orchestra. I played cello for a couple years. Um, I played guitar a little bit before that for like a year in fourth grade. Um, but yeah, those were kind of on and off. And then um, I think that was it. Yeah, it was just those those three instruments, piano, uh, cello and uh, guitar. That's a lot. And then, Did you have other friends that were playing with you? Were you in the band? Like, I was never I was never really in like a band. Beside, I mean, if you want to call the school orchestra a band, then hey, I'm sure. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we did shred, not gonna lie. But uh, <laughs> um, no, I was I was never in a band. I I had a really good friend that uh, he's been in a band for a while, and he just like mentored me on like music theory and stuff. And that's kind of like right when I started really getting into production, he was like right there just to kind of help guide me through it and figure out what I what I resonate with. Yeah. Type of thing. Right. Um, but yeah, this really, I, I'm trying to think if there is anything else. I feel like there was one more instrument I can't think of, but. You're just bragging. <laughs> and did you have other friends, mean, like, once you got into high school, like, maybe even, I don't know, if, like, there's always, like, your friend's older brother, right? That's always a classic story. Like, who actually introduced you to dance music? Oh, man. I forgot how it came about, but, um, oh, you know what? It was. So one of my good friends at the time, he got a bunch of tickets to a Steve Aoki show at the nice. UIC Pavilion. Hell yeah. And that was that was an interesting show because I think it was like Waka Flocka, um, Borgor and Steve Aoki. It, it was the weirdest line. Like, But I didn't really know any of them at the time. I knew Waka Flocka, yeah. but like I didn't really know Borgor or Steve Aoki. So like we got there, we got like seats off to the side that was like the cheaper ticket and we we just got like 20 people lined up at the fence and just knocked it down and got onto the main floor and then oh, yeah. it was just it was just such a great time like i just that's like when big room was really popping and i just remember the energy that everybody had and just the feeling i had was like wow like this is it this is really something that i've yeah. never felt before that I want to feel again, like, like, like 100%. I want to feel again. And, um, yeah, then the next week I went and saw Tommy, uh, trash at Concord. Oh man. In Gardner, I think, I think. And, uh, you were, you're yeah, I was just, for it. dude, I was just addicted then. Like yeah. I couldn't stop. Like, so I got a, uh, like a really shitty, uh, Newmark controller. No offense, <laughs> Newmark, but at the time <laughs> um and yeah i was just starting to like figure it out um and yeah eventually they were djing um at that time no um but once i got to high school like once i got to my junior year um sanses was in my gym class mm -hmm. and someone told me he was a dj and i was like okay i need to figure out how to approach him and talk about it and, like, <laughs> yeah. I remember it was it was right. funny because like when we first started talking I could already tell he probably thought I was one of those kids that like wanted to get into DJing. Right. But like, and so he's a little standoffish and then eventually I broke through and we were, we like clicked really good and uh -huh. we were listening like each other's mixes in the locker room, like late as fuck to class, just <laughs> like, just like figuring it out. And uh, yeah, I remember he invited me to one of his first gigs in the city Um and I, I went and like, yeah, it, it was great. It was a smaller gig, but it, I, I got introduced to some people and then eventually, uh, 
me, Justin, and Soul played a, like our first set, like a, my first set in front of people. And from then on, it just we started doing like small gigs like that. And mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, <laughs> I think I ran out a little long there, but <laughs> that's good, man. I mean, and you guys are still good friends now, and I'm so happy that you're all on the team. It's just it's a great story for for you in the future, right? You think about like how quickly it all happened for you. And I think that's the beautiful thing about this day and age is yeah. it is easy to quickly get into something like that if you if you love it, right? Like you don't have to like wait to get into something. Yeah, absolutely. I about it all the time. There's no barrier to entry at all. If you want to get into electronic music in any which way, if you want to be behind the scenes, if you want to be a producer, if you want to be a DJ, if you want to be an artist manager, there's so many different things that you can do and learn from. And that's great that you had uh, some friends, like, in the beginning, because I didn't when I was, like, getting into <laughs> DJing, dude. It was, like, that, everyone thought it was cool, but it was so hard for me to learn, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah, no, definitely. Like, I didn't know beat matching, like, for shit when I started. I went to uh, Scratch Academy in Chicago. I don't know if it's at – it was at SAE, the college. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It was – they had it there, and uh, I did it over, like, a spring break in high school and it's just for a week every day i went there and was learning on like vinyl um just to learn to like that's like kind of what i when i started actually learning from someone it was on vinyl yeah and uh dude it was so hard at first i just remember like he was teaching me to count like to find the one and i just was clueless i just kept missing it over and over we (laughs) don't rewind the record and yeah it was just like a mess but eventually like once i started hearing it over time i was like okay now i know now i can count it and that type of thing but right of course you paid your dues yeah (laughs) threw some shoes in a dryer and you realize that doesn't sound good and you figured it out (laughs) i know how that goes man well i i remember you started djing before you producing when did you actually like download ableton when did icon collective come into the picture you know what was the timeline for that so ableton i think um i went to icon 2018 so 2017 so uh, i'll rewind a little little bit further my senior or my junior year of high school mm-hmm. i bought a macbook pro and when i bought that i put i custom ordered like logic to be put on there and uh oh so just like on there yeah and then just like some better processing just to get like a good i wanted that to only be for music that computer so right. i started with logic had no idea how to do anything at all like <laughs> i remember i called my friend who has been making music for a few years and i was like hey how do i make that piano thing where you draw the notes in basically i was trying to say a midi clip right i didn't know what i didn't know how to even pull that up in logic so it was just there was no progress right and then uh so yeah then like once 2017 started i remember i was like okay i really want to do this like i was kind of doing it towards the end of 2016 mm-hmm. um but now it's like, okay, let's no more bullshit. Let's dive right in. Let's learn how to do this. So next year, hopefully, like at the time it was 2017, the plan was to go to icon 2018, the start. So, uh, yeah, it was just like trying to figure out like how much can I learn before going and what am I going to learn there? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I really, well, originally I went to SAE for three days right after high school yeah and i started reading the curriculum and at the time solstein was with me he went to sae too we were in the same class for literally three days um i just remember we went on a break to starbucks 
and just started comparing the curriculum of like SAE and ICON. And uh, I, was, I don't know, I, I didn't really want to be an audio engineer. I wanted to be more of a creative and like the artist vision. So sure. I knew, I figured out SAE wasn't really the place for me to do that. And I'd have to figure out a way to get to ICON. And uh, so, yeah, that, I took, I dropped out of SAE and then uh, like six months later went to LA. <laughs> Now, ICON, I, I talked about it with Ose. Um, mm-hmm. There's an application process, right? And, of course, mm-hmm. I'm people um, on the show who went to ICON, and I'm very familiar with it. For those that don't know, can you give us, like, a kind of understanding of what it is and who's come out of there? Yeah. So, I mean, ICON Collective, it's a music production school and artist development program that takes place in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, when I went there, it was a 12-month course that we went over. Like we started with Ableton and Logic, um, figuring those out. We had like an arrangement class to like kind of arrange tracks and figure out different sections like chorus, verse, pre-chorus. Right. Um, a lot of music theory between keys and ear training. Wow. Um, we would always have like playing assignments on piano that we had to do each week and like for a grade type of thing. It was that was like the testing was like playing something that they give you and like really like dude it was the most intense school i've ever like any it was the most intense education i've ever gotten i would say it's like the mit the music world almost man oh dude it's like it's like the x-men school (laughs) for musicians (laughs) or for like if you like making dance music um but yeah Yeah. like there's been because the program just constantly keeps changing and for the better like right now they divided it into i think three programs now like artist management school vocalist school and then um like the regular uh, music production school and, and um, year. dude yeah like the people that are coming out of there it's so talented but um there is a lot of like bass music that's come out of there between uh like Kazo, slander nightmare yeah. um it, it goes on like yaltron uh but then there's also yeah, oh, a lot of night bass. Like, PD Clicks yeah. is a teacher there. I would, I'd always see him, like, at office hours, just chilling. He, he's super chill, super funny. Um, yeah, I.O. went there, the techno guy. Oh, he, nice. Yeah, I actually found out after, because I think he went under a different name. But, uh, but yeah, there's it, it surprises me. There's more and more people I keep meeting that I'm like, oh, you, oh, you went there? Like, no way. Like, it's a small world with those people. That's cool, though, man. And it's obviously developed a, a huge following and a community behind it. And it definitely, it, although it, it sounds inclusive and, ex, you know, a little bit exclusive, excuse me, but, you know, anybody can go and you just have to prove yourself there. And it's really cool, actually, from what you've told me about it from the business perspective. You know, I think a lot of things that go left unsaid in the music world to the outside world is how important it is to be business savvy in the music industry. Oh. 100%. Like, oh, I forgot to mention that we had music business almost every quarter. I think three out of the four quarters we had yeah. music business. And, uh, dude, yeah, it was, they really look out for you in that aspect of like, like one of our assignments was uh, to read over a real record label contract that was basically out to get you, out yeah. to like fuck you over. Like, they wanted like all the rights, all the royalties. And like, basically, like, kind of what I was learning is most, if not all, contracts are negotiable so don't be afraid to put a line through something and write what you think's fair and send it back like because they really i mean 
you really uh, sorry continue. all good no worries they they just really believe in in the artist like that you can make it a reality but ultimately it's on you it's on your mindset like they really i was surprised with their application process because they dug in a lot about like you personally and what you want to achieve and what goals you you want like to see happen and like they really make you dig more than i thought but it's i see why now and it makes perfect sense yeah absolutely and and that's awesome man that's like invaluable to learn things like that you know i'm i'm happy to be managing you and i'm still have a lot to learn on my end but it's it's really cool that they know as artists right like they're teachers and artists and they understand that there is a business end of it it's important to know like who is maybe not looking out for your best interests yeah absolutely man and like like i I said i'm so thankful to have you managing me man it's absolutely it's like minds i I know we could do some damage (laughs) we're gonna do some damage man i mean i've seen you come so far just in the time i've known you but You've had quite the musical journey, you know, from being naughty to transitioning to San Diego and now Christos, right? Mm-hmm. What do you think are some of the key reasons that have led you to this, you know, I guess, genre or brand, whatever it might be, you know, like some milestones? You've, you've changed your style so much. Yeah. From what you've told me, this is the best you've ever felt from a musical standpoint. Yeah. Well, because I think it just, it ultimately came down to really finding what my heart wants. Sure. And... I mean, when I first got into dance music, there were like, there was, it was overwhelming because there's so many genres it breaks off into, and I liked all of them. So it was, it was like with Naughty, it was like, okay, like, let's try to make it all fit under an umbrella. And like, I don't know, I kind of beat myself up about that. And um, so I kind of knew, okay, like, four on the floor music is what I truly love. Right. And so I want to pursue that. And then I got back from Icon was making a lot of like house at the time kind of getting a feel for that like tech house like deep house just kind of figuring that out yeah um did, did santiello and i mean that was so much fun and i learned so much from that but yeah. um i don't know i still i still didn't feel that i was really tapping into my true self and like really saying what i need to say musically yeah but i think a lot of it's just like there's so much that I love and so much I want to bring to the table. It's just really taking a step back and figuring that out. And I think with Christos, I've kind of honed in more of like a, a certain direction that I want to push in. And I just, I feel so much more confident about that than anything else. So, I mean, That's it's, I, I like where, where it's at right now and where yeah. it's going. I, I love that answer. It's, it's obviously you're talented on so many levels. And I think that's kind of what Icon can do is it teaches you music overall, right? But there's a lot right. of different genres that we, of course, know. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm happy for you that you've, you've fallen into this, man. I mean, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta shoot if you want to hit yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely, man. You gotta fall before you get up again. So I, I love that you're in this place now, and I think it's definitely some of the best music you've made. You just released your first EP, Valor. Yes, sir. Congratulations. Three thank tracks. You, thank you, thank you. Horizon, Red Sun, and Odyssey. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got a lot of questions about this. I want to okay. ask before we get granular with the tracks and the production, tell us about the name Christos and the name of the EP Valor. What does it mean to you? All right. Well, Valor means like, I forgot the technical term, but I mean, it's more of like a courageous, like leading into battle type of yeah. uh, persona. 
And yeah. I, I kind of like that name and chose it for the EP just because it. I see the EP as more of a story, and that's kind of what I wanted to set it up as. Like, it, it progresses. There's a lot of different bells and whistles and curves. But uh, I don't know. I really like aggressive, like, but still dance music. And I don't know. I mean, that the Valor just really, I think, encapsulates everything on that record or on the three records. I think it, it's a good... It, it, it helps with the direction that I'm envisioning. Yeah. And then... With uh, Christos, um, well, I'm half Greek. My mom's uh, 100% Greek, so I'm half. And uh, it's spelled a little differently, but my name is uh, Christos in Greek. And I was trying so many other names, but nothing was working. And then eventually, like, started thinking about that. And I just knew, like, that, like, once I spelled it out, like, C-R-Y-S-T-O-S, it's like, okay, that looked, that, that I could see. And then it just kind of clicked. It kind of makes sense after you explaining like how you've fallen into this this wavelength in music, right? Like you've tried all these other things and now you really feel like this is who you are. Your name is not going to be anything other than who you are, man. Yeah, and yeah, exactly. Like that's I think that's what helped make it made it feel so right is because yeah. I've been searching all around but didn't really look like right where it started. Right under your nose, right? Yeah, dude. It, <laughs> absolutely i love it man it's a very catchy name and i love the name of the ep and i think everything we've done to name everything i mean i know you started with more tracks than that how did you whittle it down to just these three? Oh, dude <laughs> that was a process a lot of stress was involved i could tell yeah. you that um, yeah for sure when i i remember when i told you about starting the ep like i had like an idea in mind but i had to write it all out first and then kind of strip back from there. Cause yeah. I mean, there was a lot of like different genres on there originally. And I think it was just may have been going a little too close to the sun on that one. So I think <laughs> yeah. uh, like once I, I made it uh, four tracks, then I was still listening through it. And I don't know, I really wanted to pick out the stuff that was cohesive, but different enough to where they don't sound like the same tracks. Yeah. And I think, it just came down to the more melodic ones. Like I think the first one that uh, was written that, that was the, that was melodic was um, Odyssey. It just had a different name. And uh, like, I loved what the progression in that. And so I just was kind of like working backwards from Odyssey to then get the slower tempo songs in there to then make it a whole piece. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's really, I mean, the names are so powerful and it's, it's pretty humbling for me to see you go through all that kind of with your own. I mean, we guided you, man, but you've done a lot on your own and I commend you for that. You know, Thanks. I mean, we can, I mean, when did we have that meeting? It was. Oh, man, it, yeah, I would say so. God. Yeah, it was mid January. Cause I got, I got sick for like two weeks right after that. And it was just brutal, but yeah, I know. I remember it was, well, it was fucking terrible weather too. <laughs> it was, I mean, and like, and we said, here's the timeline we think we can do. And sometimes we create with creativity and, you know, I try to manage that expectation with you. It's like, I don't want you to have it finished if you don't feel comfortable with that. And I know you were, you know, your communication throughout the entire process. And that goes for everybody listening here with an artist or a manager or with anybody you're trying to communicate an idea to is always be upfront with where you feel creatively. And I felt that you did have some obstacles that you overcame during the CP. You know, like you had a lot more than three tracks 
And I was like, yeah, he's got a lot of fucking bangers here, but what are we going to do? And you put that down on your own, man. And I, I think you said it perfectly. It's, it's really the perfect taste of what you want Christos to become because you do veer a little left, a little right. You do speed up. You do slow down throughout all yeah. these tracks. And I'm excited for you to continue fine-tuning your sound. I mean, which one of these tracks, though, means most to you? If they all really, like, made the cut, is there a special oh, one? Oh, man. I would say... It's very close, but honestly, dude, I think Odyssey, the faster one, just because <laughs> I love, like, that old, like, rave sound, like, the big, like, saws and, like, just dude, really just driving. Those are so sick. <laughs> so, like, I, I don't know. I think that's the one that has the most weight just because it's, I think it may be the longest one on there, and it has, there's just it kind of just keeps going. Like when I was writing it, I had like the arrangement and it was at like three and a half minutes, like two drops, just pretty standard. And then I don't know. I just kept, I, I was just still feeling all fired up creatively. So I just kept adding to it. And eventually <laughs> it's like seven minutes or something now, but I mean, I don't know. I, I, I just like uh, giving, I like giving different kinds of like drops and just energy. And I don't know. I, I love it. So that's, that's probably my pick. Good answer. I like that. Odyssey is fucking sick. Red Sun is a little more up my alley. Not that I don't yeah. love both, but I mean, there's so <laughs> much emotion tied to these tracks, man. And that's very unique, right? So, Thanks, again, I acknowledge you for that, man. But the, the problem, I want to ask you about the naming of the tracks because, I mean, it's so sick, dude. You're like, your name's Christos. The name of the EP is Valor. Into this horizon, Red Sun and Odyssey. It's like, <laughs> dude, it's like the story of Odysseus right now. It's fucking, <laughs> Odysseus goes to a rave. <laughs> pretty much bro um, how did you come up with these names i mean i remember we didn't have names for some of them and i said why don't you just like finish them and then close your eyes and listen what was the process like for you there um i should have done that more actually i wish i closed my eyes and listened more and I not be quite named names. you're good but uh but yeah i think um well so odyssey started off as friendly horizons and that was like a right. really old version like right. Like, I think I, if I look now, it's, like, seven months old. And, uh, like, because it's just, like, the main melody from there that I had. And uh, so that, that was originally called Friendly Horizons. And I had I, I, I knew I wanted that as the final track on the EP. So then for the first track on the EP, it's like, okay, it's Friendly Horizons. Kind of like a weird name, but I like the horizon aspect of it. What if the first one's, like, Into the Horizon? Like, so it's kind of, like, Into, and, like, then it's familiar with it at the end. And, um... So that was kind of how, how I came up with Into the Horizon. Red Sun, I f I'm not sure. I remember there's a Red Sun a filter. Yeah, there's a Red Sun filter on Instagram. And I saw it on someone's story and I saw like Red Sun. And for some <laughs> reason, it stayed in my mind for like a couple of weeks. And then, you know, what? I was like, I'll just title it Red Sun and we'll see what happens. But yeah. I, I think it, I think it kind of fits in a, in a way. Um yeah yeah that, that was weird how i came up with that one and then uh odyssey i remember i was like kind of stuck and i was wondering if i you guys just trying to think of a good name and um once i thought of odyssey i was like okay that's that that encapsulates it because it it's just constantly a changing song it's just there's so much that it goes through and i think that's i think that wraps it up you know yeah like, i think that's a good way to wrap up the ep and it's a good title, I would think. <laughs> yes, I agree. Approved. You got the stand <laughs> man. Yes. 
Now, you said you had that idea seven, eight months ago. How mm-hmm. long, let's, let's just say door-to-door, for these three tracks did it take you from really coming up with the idea to mm-hmm. release day? Um, well, I would say everything besides like th- that melody from Odyssey started in January. Okay. Um, cause the only thing I took from the old session was the melody. It was originally a little slower. I think like right now Odyssey is uh 135 and I had it at like 128 or something. And it just, with the, it just sounded slow for that melody. So I sped it up and then, yeah. uh, and then January, and that's the last time I touched it until January. So I think I would say door to door, pretty much January, like mid January to uh, April. That's pretty impressive in the grand scheme of things, man. I know you probably have experienced this. I've experienced this. A lot of other musicians have. Sometimes it can go like that. Sometimes mm-hmm. it can take a year or more. Oh, absolutely, man. Do you feel that now since you kind of got through? not got through but let's say progressed from naughty and saniello to like okay this is it like i know what my sound is it's it's finally clear to me right mm-hmm. did that kind of hit for you like because i feel like that yeah came fast i mean i would say i'm not 100 percent there but i know the sound i i'm working towards and i'm really trying to make it sound unique in my own way because i mean everybody has room for improvement and my sound i think is it's gonna it's always gonna take years to to really like get down but um i think yeah. that's just part of it um but yeah those oh. those two previous brands really helped set this one up because now it's yeah. like okay i see more clearly on this and now i'm able to now that i i found this like kind of niche that i'm in it helps me finish tracks a little quicker it helps me like kind of stay inspired because mm-hmm. like i'll pull like now that i have this ep done like I'll pull like drums or something from like one of the EP tracks to a new session and like write something new, but it still has the same kind of sound because it's still right. something I did originally. So right. that's kind of where I'm where I'm at right now with that. It's just still trying to perfect it, but I'm I'm much more confident on where it's going now. Yeah, that's great, man. Good for you. And and it's so awesome because I do hear a lot of those Saniella roots in there, and it's awesome to hear Justin sending us music. And, and props to both of you, man, because God, a lot of people want to talk to me. Right now. <laughs> I thought I'd shut this stuff off. <laughs> <laughs> All good. Um, you'd think I'd be better at this, 107 episodes. <laughs> Jesus. Um, but props to you guys both, man, because it's awesome to see how you both did the CNALO project. And although it's you know on hold and we'll see more CNALO hopefully in the future someday, it's really cool to see what you both learned from each other from a collaboration oh. standpoint. And oh, I think that's, that's so special and so unique, man. But what are you working on now? Are you on to the next thing? Um, yeah. So, I mean, I kind of have – everything's on the laptop right now. But uh, oh. um, right now I have a few remixes I'm doing. That I, uh, I set you the one of um, – I know. I'm trying, to like a, I'm trying to act like a, a stupid interviewer. So tell us what you're doing next. <laughs> <laughs> But I have the uh, Insomnia uh, by Faithless bootleg. We'll see if we can get that one cleared, but it may be a little (laughs) tough to get. But uh, that's definitely one that I'll probably do like a SoundCloud release. Um, And then there was uh, that EP4 track that I'm finishing up. And that that may be a a single coming out in the next month or two. And yeah, maybe. 
maybe uh, I'm thinking maybe a couple like two two track EPs down the line this year, and uh, maybe maybe another EP to finish off the year. We'll see. That's awesome, mm-hmm. man. Like it's I can feel your your energy, and it's it's awesome because you're on a roll, and you just got to keep Thanks, it. Man. And it's it's a absolutely it's right now to try and be releasing music, right? Because as someone who's a produce a DJ producer, right? Like you want to produce music yeah. so that you can eventually DJ it at festivals. And now we're at a time where it's like, <laughs> okay, what's like now? Like, for lack of a better term, what's the point, right? Like DJs aren't going to play your tracks right now, but yeah, exactly. it could be a good time for people like yourself to fall into a real groove where it truly is about the music and you're making music that's great to enjoy rather. And, and of course, dancing goes hand in hand, but you know, what do you think is to come knowing now that big events are not going to be happening? It's going to be maybe different roads need to be taken for artists like yourself. I mean, I, I like this. I like this, um, not knowing what's going to happen exactly. And I think now more than ever, the real musicians are going to show yeah because you can you can make a track that grooves but can you write a progression that will make people feel something else than like just like like they want to just like rave like can you make them feel like different emotions and i think like now that's the time it's going to shine because everybody's just stuck inside or they're stuck in their cars or whatever they can only listen to music they can't go out and dance like you said so yeah now it's like okay now i think a lot more melodic music is going to come to the table and it's going to just i think it's really going to evolve that way and i mean there's always going to be like the bangers but i think now a lot of progressive music is going to make a comeback and uh yeah and maybe even some classical and i mean like i want to incorporate all that into my music so we'll we'll see it really is an interesting time and it's uncharted waters and it's like i've been saying to you and the guys right like this is this is the great equalizer for the music industry for the sports industry it's like mm-hmm. it's a challenging time but i do think it's going to require some ingenuity it's going to require new types of creativity you're going to have to build new platforms for yourself whoever it might be and yeah. it's going to weed out the people who aren't willing to work through this time and we don't know how long this time is going to be if this time mm-hmm. is ever going to be the same again festival yeah. season to man like fuck yeah like dude I was supposed to go to Miami and, you know, (laughs) I have it in my head. Should I get it out of my head that that may not happen or what will it be like in the future? So I'm right there with you. Like I'm nervously, optimistically excited about what's to come. (laughs) I can go. I mean, adverbs all day. (laughs) Nervously, optimistically, (laughs) excitedly. (laughs) Oh man. It's, I think you're exactly right. And I've been asking a lot of people that question and the common theme has been the strong will survive. Survival of the fittest, man. Yeah. Now's, our, now's a test. <laughs> and one thing that really rings a bell for me is seeing everybody, although while these times are tough, we still have music. We yeah, still man. have music, man. And we're still trying to enjoy it as best we can with these live streams. I mean... It's incredible to see the whole world really rallying together behind this stuff and donating to people and like creating awareness. And I mean, it's crazy. It's so great to see. I mean, there's always the bads, but I think the goods are really emerging now. And um, yeah, yeah, I just, it's crazy how everybody's coming together and music's definitely 
one of the driving factors of that. Like it always has been, but now since there's so much more music, I mean, it's endless music. It's, I forgot what the thing was, but every day there's like a certain thousand number of songs that come out and it's like, that is so much content. Like, <laughs> like if, if nobody made music anymore, it would still just keep going for years. I would think of just yeah. people finding new music and being so like blown away by it. But yeah, it's, it's this time period. It's, it's definitely weird, but I don't know. I think when it, when we get out of it, it's going to be a really beautiful thing. And I think everybody's just going to, we're going to come out of it different. And I think we're going to come out of it a little more mature and aware of what we're doing to the earth and how we, we should respect it and it'll respect us back type of thing. Yeah. Just, just like with one another. And that's like kind of what music helps teach us is that. Yeah. We're, we're all overcoming an obstacle together. Um, mm-hmm. I want to ask you, man, even though, you know, the career has been on the shorter end of things, right? You maybe have overcome some obstacles as a DJ producer. We're in a creative field where everybody has an opinion of what we do. And it's yeah. hard for us to ignore that, man. Have you had any things that you've gotten through either in the past or recently to get to where you're at now? And how'd you do it? Oh, absolutely. I mean, with DJing, it was just like, because I started DJing, it's what, 2020? I started, yeah, so six years ago, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um originally i mean the djing end it was just really reading a crowd and having enough music to play to a crowd that was like just starting <laughs> off type of thing yeah, like yeah. I, was, I remember my very first solo set it was at uh pure night club i can't say how old i was legally but um <laughs> what i can say is i had like 80 songs it was like an hour set had like 80 songs and, and um i was like okay i'm gonna play all these songs i have it all yeah. There was no order or anything, and right like a half hour before I went on, uh, someone asked me like, "What are you opening with?" And I was like, "I have no idea. Like, I don't know. I completely forgot to arrange the tracks. So I ran out to my car, just started arranging tracks and shit. And I learned that day like, come prepared. If you're gonna DJ, be prepared. Have your shit organized. Yeah. Like, so you, so you're not on the fly like trying to find one song and you're just going crazy. Um. That's that was my biggest challenge, I would say, with DJing. And then with production, um, oh man, there there's a lot. But uh, I'd say the biggest thing is, and I'm still kind of working on this, but it's uh, less is more. Like mm-hmm. I couldn't stress that enough, dude. Like there's so many tracks I just can't work on anymore because there's like a hundred things going on, and it's like yeah. when you listen to these songs that are like number one on beatport or just really good records it's like there's not a lot there's usually not a lot going on but what is going on is very well done and it's just unique enough to where it's okay on its own like a lot of house music techno music really speaks to that you know yeah like, there's not a lot to work with but what you do get makes you move it makes you like it you feel something and it's a good record <laughs> yeah who are some artists you think of when you when you say something like that? I know you're a big fan of Camel Fat. Are there any artists that ring a bell? Oh, I mean, Eric Prids for sure across all three of his aliases. Um, <laughs> Jesus, that there's guy. a lot. Like, world, <laughs> dude, he's got too much music. Like, <laughs> too much music. He's <laughs> five thousand tracks for sure. Yeah, dude. Like, um, he can probably play a full week long set of just his own music <laughs> and still have more and there would be a um, line for that show too dude i'm the first one there man <laughs> <laughs> but i mean there's a lot of progressive guys that do really well like 
like like I said, Eric Prids, Camel Fat, Kristoff. Um, yeah. Honestly, uh, like Stefan Botson, he's really good in that sense because and he does a lot of like analog stuff live, which is cool. But he really is simple in his production, and I admire that so much because it, it works. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know me, I, I love that sort of music, and that's when things clicked for me as a music lover, especially of house and techno, you know, my first experience seeing house music live, I was like so taken back by the simplicity of it. But I think that's what makes it so enjoyable, man. It's like you really feel in tune with the experience because you don't have to pay attention to it a lot, right? It's like in a world where there's so many distractions every single day, everywhere we go, and all of a sudden there's this experience with music that's so simple, but so unanimous and it sounds so cliche to say, man, but like it's so fucking true. Like house absolutely. and is just the best because you can just get attached and you can really, really get into it. It's the people need to they need to see it live. Every person I've every friend I've had that didn't get it once they saw it live, it, it they they're it. like, okay, now yeah. I get it. Right. Like I went to, I was fortunate enough to go to uh, Ultra last year, and um, I went with some of my best friends. But uh, one of them, like he's one of them, like uh, like a, the mentor guy I told you about that really helped me, like just understand progressions and music theory and and yeah. that whole end of things. Like he's more of like a metal guy. And when I brought him to the resistance side at Ultra, where it's all techno, like Carl Cox playing in an airplane hangar, and he's like. <laughs> He saw that he, uh, he he was he was glued to it and like it's just how it is, man. That's how I was with it. I'm sure that's how you were. Like once you once you see it live, it, it's just you see what it's all about that way. And I think it just really comes full picture, full circle. Absolutely, I totally agree. Everybody's got to see Carl Cox once in their life too. At least once. <laughs> I, he's gonna DJ. He'll literally be DJing on his deathbed. Like he will want yeah. a final set. <laughs> <laughs> I, I i can imagine it dude i hope i hope he's got a lot more years playing though he does, <laughs> he's man. just too good yeah i mean that that really leads me into my next question it's like we've seen so much change since we've been in the game and mm-hmm. all these artists that come and go and venues that come and go and there's just so many ups and downs right we see so many changes what do you think the future holds i mean maybe in light of the covid crisis but just the music, uh, music industry overall. What do you, what do you think it holds in the next decade? Oh, I think it's gonna be. I think we're slowly making the move towards more live sets, like MIDI analog type of sets. Stefan Bodson's uh, stuff. That, yeah, exactly. Like it's because we're figuring out how to do it more efficiently now. Like before, you have to bring so much stuff. You have to bring all your synths and stuff. Now you can kind of do it out of Ableton, but with that said, that I could see that being a big part of like the really minimal music taking a change. Mm-hmm. But with live sets, I don't know. I I like how there's all like especially with house and techno, they have events in the most cool places. Like yeah. Zoo just played in like the Alps somewhere. I think yeah. or like uh Yeah. Camel Fats played some cool stuff. Like Martinez Brothers played in uh, Singapore on top of this like oh, it's like Earth three Earth. high rises. Yeah. Yeah. It's like three high rises with like a top connecting all of them if that makes sense and they're just playing up there it's like the most beautiful thing i think really Mm -hmm. dude oh my god i gotta ask him about that but uh 
I think we're going to see a lot more of, of that type of stuff. Stuff that, like, it's not necessarily we're going to go to a certain venue and see some guy. We're going to go to, like, like a mountain and, and listen to techno or something. I think there's going to be a lot more of that, um, yeah. which is exciting because, I mean, it's, it's so much more inspiring and different when you're in a really beautiful place listening to music, like, in any aspect, you know? It's quite surreal. It's quite surreal. It's, it's funny because... I've seen shows in a lot of different, you know, environments like that. Like when you told me about when you went to Chile, right? And you saw the Martinez back to back Marco Carolla. I was like, God, that's yeah. the coolest thing ever. That was life changing. Right? <laughs> and that's the type of shit that happens. I, I'd like to think only in the house and techno world is because the people will go. Not that, you know, dubstep heads won't Ohio for Lost Lands. No offense, Lost Lands. <laughs> But people will go high and low for house and techno, bro. Like, and it's so awesome when those people make it. It's almost like part of a club. Like, if you go to these shows, I agree with you. I think there's going to be a lot more live aspects because there's so many good DJs out there, right? Like, technical, but with your producing, like, clean mixing, all that shit. Mm -hmm. I think people want a little something more. You know, how are you going to get them? Because it's itching for that. It's inching for that, right? Like, not that you can't get a good DJ set. I'm a, mm-hmm. I'm a DJ, right? But you right, got to right. give them something a little bit more if you want to stick out, right? Because more people continue to join the electronic music world, and a lot of people do a lot of the same, which right. is great. It's because a formula it, they follow. Exactly. It, it creates competition, and that's so important for people to challenge themselves and get out of their comfort zone. But when you go to these places and you meet these people... And you see these incredible talents, like, they've earned that spot. Everybody there has earned that spot. Right. And I think that's what's really going to come, especially now with COVID, man. Like, I personally, like, I think huge festivals are dope. But I also am obsessed with intimate shows. Yeah. I'm the same way, I would say. Like, something about an intimate show is just more, like, personal. It's just connect. I feel more connected when it's in like when I, I saw Emily Lenz at Soundbar, I literally went alone to that show and <laughs> I, I had so much fun. Like I just got got a drink, stood kind of in like the back middle where it sounded pretty good, and I I liked that probably more than if I saw her at like a festival, you know. And it just I don't know. It's I, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but it's just it's the energy of like a really intimate show where. You, like the DJ is right in front of you. There's no pedestal and everybody's there for a good time. You know, my gosh, that's, yeah, that's my favorite. And I had that experience. Uh, I feel so grateful at Concord. The shows I played there were boiler room style. Yeah. Dude, there's just something in the air, you know, like the fans are excited. You're excited because you all really feel it. And I, that's why mm-hmm. I always was obsessed with these boiler rooms and mix mag things. It's like, it's yeah. so cool because people want to feel important, right? And I think intimate right. shows the only way you can really give people that experience. And, right. A- absolutely. You know, from a DJ's perspective, right? Like, you know this. You, you've played big shows. It's so special to connect with people, big or small, on a, on a crowd level. And right. them, like, feel something. You're like, this is what it's all about. Yeah, dude. Like, when we played... Uh, it was um, at Chris Lake, mm-hmm. the Boiler Room style set. 
Yeah. Um, I remember people were hitting up the Instagram after just saying like, like, yo, thank you for that. Like it was a sick set. Like, and it was a great feeling to have appreciation for like what you bring to the table for these people. Like it, it, it was just kind of, it was a little taste of it, but it was, it was very surreal. Absolutely, and your career is like a tootsie pop, Christian. You just you're just getting to the outside, man. You got 99. Hell, like, yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah! Hell yeah! We, got, we got a lot to go, a lot of work to do. Yes, we do, we do. But it's been fun so far, that's for sure. Um, oh, there are yeah. a lot of, there are a lot of younger DJs and producers who watch this and want to learn from talented guys like you. You know, although you are still young in the game, you've you've had a lot of success. What would be your advice? Again, you know, with everything that's going on for people that are trying to make a name for themselves in the industry or are trying to learn more about music production. I would, I mean, and if you're trying to, I'll start with music production. Um, honestly, like, Icon helped me in so many ways and so many more ways than I thought it would. But with that said, I don't think you necessarily need something like that. I think you just really need a good, like, I would, if you're not going to go to school for this and you still want to really do this, especially now in this time where we all have so much free time, right. I think you should make a schedule and you should really hone in the skills you want to learn and just YouTube it. YouTube, like a couple hours a day, a couple tutorials, yep. write everything down, revise it a few times, test yourself on these things. And for production, I would say just do that for like a year or two and you will be so not even a year or two do that for like a couple months and you'll be so shocked on how far you get i would say i would so that's like for production but for a career yeah. oof, i would say ignore every other artist in the terms in in terms of uh their progress mm -hmm. ignore their progress yeah don't don't even think about what any other artist is doing because they're not you and you're not them so the second you realize that you're already in a better place because jealousy is such a terrible thing and it can really go straight to your head and it can, and then it'll translate in your music. And I think if you can just bypass that right away, you'll be saving yourself so much time and you'll, you're, you'll be mentally feel better. <laughs> this is definitely the clip that I'm going to share because that was awesome advice, man. Hell yeah. <laughs> I'm glad to help. It's important to learn from others, but you don't have to pay attention to their success as if it's not your own. Absolutely. Right. Like you, you have to you have to realize that everybody's got their timelines to success and yeah. it's your journey. And maybe their parents bought them a car before you, right? But that doesn't mean that you can't ride your bicycle to the festival, right? They're exactly. just like they're there the stuff beyond your control you got to just ignore because it's you, what are you going to do about it if you're going to be salty about it you're you're beating yourself up you're you're taken away from your creativity yep and yeah like that's it's toxic and i i've i've seen that firsthand um from from a lot of people but like uh, they're even starting to understand that now like like there's some people at even school that had a little bit of that and it was like okay dude like just take a step back we're all we're all in this together yeah we're, we're all just if you're supportive i'll support you back it's not like i'm asking anything of you like it's it's like i don't know it's it's really easy to get to lose sight of things but i think if you just do that you'll you'll be okay in this industry <laughs> as an artist yeah it's it's a very it's a very um easy thing to get caught up in other people's success and it's super easy to get frustrated of course man. yeah we all get frustrated but that's the important thing is like 
you do just keep working and you realize, if anything, you should realize, okay, it's possible. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. That's the thing is realizing it's possible. Like when, uh, like at the end of 2017, when we entered that, when me and Sansa's entered that freaky deaky contest, like mm -hmm. I was so like, I entered the year before on my own and got like 50 votes over like <laughs> a couple of weeks. You could vote once a day and it was like 50 votes over like two weeks. Yeah. And then when we like, I was down, like I was down from that for a while. Like yeah. I was like, damn, that kind of that sucks. Like I didn't even get to top ten. And the next year, like we really just blew it up, and like came in. We entered super late, and within three days, we were in like the first place spot. And once like we got the email that like we won, like <laughs> I so much confidence I I just gained from that because it's like, holy shit, we're playing the Aragon Ballroom. Like right. what, like. I, I never, like, I saw DJ Snake for the part of my French tour there, like, a year ago, and I never thought I'd be on that stage, and <laughs> now it's, like, a reality, so that kind of, like, it's just keeping track of your milestones, big or small, and using those as motivation, I think, is what has really helped me to keep my head up, you know, because it's, it's so easy to get your head down. Social media is definitely a prime factor of that, like, everybody's posting the best versions of themselves and it's like that as as just a normal human being that can bother you like it's and it's one thing to learn for it not to bother you but naturally it could bother you yeah you know so Absolutely. i think it's just paying attention to that and really staying true to yourself and what else can you do at that point then amen man it's it's not so, <laughs> it's not supposed to be so complicated man just, just yeah you love right yeah absolutely well, this has been such a good time talking to you, man. Like I said, we don't we don't get to hang out one on one enough, but I love your story, and I'm so excited to see what happens. I'm such a huge fan of your music, and you, it's it's great to hear it from you that this is the happiest you've been musically, and mm -hmm. that's a special place for you, man. And I'm I'm really proud of you know all you've done. So shout out to you. I acknowledge thank, you. Bro. Thank you, man. Thank you for being a part of it too. It's it's so surreal so thank you for really being everybody like, listen, on my back. gotta go check out christos baby this is some fucking yeah. fire man and this is not just your standard run-of-the-mill techno man this is like <laughs> emotional like we said go oh, listen yeah. to the interview again if you don't believe us <laughs> progressive euphoric just you're supposed to feel something from it and i hope i hope everybody listening does absolutely man well i'm excited to see what happens the rest of the year for you but thanks for taking some time today bro i appreciate it Dude, thanks for having me, man. It's an honor. All right, Christos. I'm going to start calling you that every time from now on. <laughs> you got to get into man. it mentally. <laughs> we got to hang after. Once this shit ends, dude, let's hang. Yeah. Yes, we will. That's a fact. No doubt in my mind, man. Hell yeah. All right, Christian. I'll talk to you soon, bro. All right, sounds good, man. Thank you again. Of course.